we're going to be looking out of Luke chapter 1. Um, all of you guys on the call, can you still hear us okay? If you'll give me the thumbs up, yes? Okay, very good, very good. Last week we had a little bit of an issue, and I want to make sure that we did not repeat that. I want to begin this morning. The title that I've given the message this morning is Let It Be. It's, uh, it, okay, well, let's just go with it. Ready? When I find myself in trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. In my hour of darkness, she's standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, whispering words of wisdom. Let it be. And when the brokenhearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer. Let it be. And though they may be parted, there's still a chance they will see there will be an answer. Let it be. Whispering words of wisdom, let it be. And yes, we're finding God in the music one more time, Jack, which is this, which is this, let it be done unto me. I want to, I want to spend time looking at this. And you know, for the longest time, I always thought that was just a feel good, cool sort of rock anthem. And yet, as we begin to ponder the theology of that proclamation out of Luke chapter one on the backdrop of obscurity, poverty, minimal education, if any, combined with this strong cultural bias against her gender, came this greeting, Luke 1. Greetings, favored one. Above anyone in her culture, she would not have seen herself as favored. She wouldn't have believed it. No, in fact, she was regularly reminded that's not the case. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you, and you will bear a son. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept wondering what kind of salvation this was. I want you to notice, Mary's already noticing. Something's happening here. Salvation? And the angel said to her, "Don't, don't be afraid, For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great and called Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child will be called Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she was called barren, is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. The angel of the Lord is addressing what's hardwired, into the human frame, our dependence on our reason. And Mary said, Behold, 
the bondservant of the Lord. May it be done. Let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed. Mary is invited to behold, and as she does, her simple prayer of surrender is, let it be done unto me as you have said. There is really something about Mary that is special. There's something special in this proclamation to all of us. Greetings, favored one. Of all the people who would consider her favored, God is with you. Her cousin Elizabeth says this of Mary. She's blessed among women. Even Mary knows this about herself. Later in what we call her the Song of Mary or the Magnificat, she says, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me. The Mighty One has worked a miracle. Watch this. Luke 1, 46 to 48 He can never forget to show his mercy. Mary surrendered to what's true about the God who's encountered her. He can't forget his mercy. For nothing is impossible with God. So favor that reveals this life-changing mercy that isn't just about her, It's actually in her. It's growing, and it's changing her body physically. It's changing her life, everything about her, and for us as well. Let it be remains the promise of good news today. Mercy that restores, that makes whole, and let's not miss this, that was wrapped up in mystery. Not reasoning. Let it be unto me as you have said. Let it be this prayer that shaped eternity from a girl who didn't really fully understand all of the ifs and the hows. It wasn't dependent upon her certainty or her reasoning. She simply utters a prayer of surrender to something greater than herself. God's mercy could be greater. something that touches her deep in her humanity, that she surrenders to something greater than herself. Oh, God, all of this that's shifting around me, I I see something of mercy. And the course of humanity has shifted. One individual wrote this. Her name is Nadia Boltz Weber. She Wrote summed this up well, you know, favored as we read the story in Luke chapter 1. It sounds good. I mean, we want to know ourselves as blessed and favored. We put that on our T-shirt, right? I saw somebody walking around with a T-shirt yesterday that said that, right? We want to be found as favored and blessed, but I wonder, now I'm reading from Nadia Boltz Weber, whether... Mary felt favored and blessed. Did Mary feel favored walking through town with her unwed pregnant belly growing, becoming the subject of stares and judgment? When Joseph planned to quietly leave her and avoid the scandal, leaving her alone, 
Where's the blessing in giving birth on the ground among animals and laying that baby in a feeding trough called a manger? There surely was no sense of favor as she and Joseph took Jesus and fled for their lives to Egypt. Watching then later her son, whom she'd given her life in her own flesh, be arrested, beaten, and killed does not sound like favor and blessing. God's favor and blessing do not necessarily mean life is easy, comfortable, that we get our way, that it happily ever after happens. It's not God's reward for right behavior or right believing. It's rather a state a condition, a way of being. Mary's yes, her let it be to God is not the source of reasoning or it's, it's not the reason for God's favor. The favor and blessing rather are the source and origin by which she's able to say, let it be. Does that make sense? Again, here she is trapped in institutional hopelessness in Nazareth. She lives on the wrong side of the tracks. That's the truth. She is in Nazareth. What good could come from that town? Anybody ever heard that verse? Right? But let me give a couple of other thoughts about this. Uh, Nazareth, we remember it, but is it anywhere in the Old Testament? It's not. Any of those intertestamental books that most of us didn't grow up reading? Not in there. Josephus doesn't even mention it. One of the greatest Jewish historians. Now, tradition tells us that Mary, what was she doing? She probably was going to the well in Nazareth. It's still there to this day in the center of Nazareth. And, and she's going there because that's the only source of fresh water. Tomorrow, she'll have to go there again. She's in the mundane. Is there any hope that this is ever going to change? And the angel of the Lord, in the mundaneness, in the obscurity, in that institutional hopelessness that surrounded her neighborhood, oppressed by Rome, forgotten by the, the puppet Jewish empire in Jerusalem. Nothing's ever really going to change. An angel of the Lord says, greetings, favored one. Who are you talking to? And in this announcement comes this invitation can I believe in something greater than what I'm experiencing and seeing? See, this is at the heartbeat of faith as followers of Jesus. She agrees with me. This invitation, life isn't ever going to be the same. You're going to have a son. Impossible. Can I just say something here too, by the way, for those of us who grew up in in. Uh, in the faith movement, you know, the Pentecostal faith movement, um, she was not praying Isaiah 7, 14. Believe it, receive it, it's going to happen. Amen. 
See, you get my point? See, some of us had this exchange with God that we were thinking, you know, if I can talk you into favor, maybe you'll show up. And, and every exchange that we see that occurs as we go through these weeks of Advent, we begin to notice something. God is the one saying, my heart is towards you. You don't need to talk me into this. And, and so... She hears this announcement, this invitation to trust something beyond her reason. How can this be? Oh, well, Zacharias asked that same question, but interestingly, the word that he used was something like this. It said, give me the evidence. Mary just said, can you explain a little bit to me? Different word. How can this be? Well, nothing is impossible with God. You see, the movement of God goes beyond our sense of certainty and reason. This is why we call it the mystery of our faith. And, and so when the angel of the Lord makes this reference, what he's making a direct reference to is that promise that was made to Abraham. When he was a very old man, and the angel of the Lord encountered him and said, hey, uh, you know what? You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to bear a child. And he's like, dude, I'm like really, really old. And my wife, if you met her, she's like 90. And the angel of the Lord in Genesis 18 said, is anything diff- too difficult for the Lord? Those are two references. That, that phrasing, those are two, the two same things. So the angel of the Lord says to, to Mary, I have a covenant. I have a promise I have made that is not based in your knowledge, your performance, your certainty, but in my passion, in my commitment to reveal my love to you. And then we have the prayer that shapes human history. Behold, let it be done unto me as you have said. You catch the power of that prayer. It is a it is a prayer of surrender according to your word, not mine. The bondservant of the Lord. My life is going to be shaped and bound by this word. There won't be another plan B. Just let it be unto me according to your favor. The favor of God now has come within her. And it didn't change, interestingly, her fortunes, her standing with others, her status in the community, but it changed everything. Let it be Unto me. You see, it's more than just a, a classic rock tune. It is a proclamation of the promise of God revealed in his son Jesus Christ, and it is given to us as well. I'm going to take out of you a heart of stone, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, I'm going to cause you to walk in my ways. That's in the prophet Isaiah as well. And so Mary prays this prayer. Oh, interesting. We could begin to consider this. Wait, could this be an exchange that God would have with me? Yes, my favor is toward you. Peace on earth, goodwill toward all man. The favor of God, meaning that the good reputation, the, 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 the good opinion of God is toward man. Peace has come to earth. And so I, I begin to consider, God, you mean you, that's, that's, you, you, you feel this way towards me? And I begin to look deeper at this and the changing circumstances of my own life. Even when I don't see it and understand it, it's Christ within me. The hope of glory. 
the mystery, Paul says, that is changing me, that it's Christ who works in me to will and to work according to his good purpose, working secretly, creating new life where I didn't think there could be because nothing is impossible with God. Could this be my prayer? I, I believe it could. Let it be unto me. Not as the result of my performance, my certainty. Let it, let it be unto me. Now, you know, our, our, oftentimes we, we stop at Mary's next prayer. My soul magnifies the Lord for he's remembered the lowly state of his bondservant. All generations will, will call me blessed. And it doesn't take long before we get this sort of glorious image in our mindset. Um, you know, like Mary, you knew you were certainly something. But can I just remind you of two or three things? And I want to skim through them quickly. But you know what it meant? Not that she's going to be a mom. Moms know what this means. It's a lifetime of serving. No modern conveniences, no, no diapers in the diaper aisle. After coming back to Nazareth, we talked about that a little while ago, what happened? Well, from about age 12, we never hear about Joseph again, so as near as most scholars believe, Mary is now by herself because Joseph has probably passed away. And interestingly, her boy, who, you know, we already see this when he's 12, he's, he's taken this interest in all things rabbinic, and he's spending a lot of time in the synagogue. In every account of Jesus' earthly ministry after that, Mary's, there's, there's a lot of loneliness. Uh, let me point to two or three of them, okay? Uh, Matthew 12, Mark 3, Luke 8, Mary and... Jesus' brothers come to collect Jesus. They're like, I don't know, we're kind of worried about him. And Jesus' response was, who are my mother and my brothers? Can you imagine what that felt like? Let it be done unto me. And, and then in John 8, 41, it, there's a confirmation of the gossip, the open secret about Mary when the religious leaders are turning to silence Jesus and saying, who are you? We are not born of fornication. Luke 11, 27, Jesus is finishing up the Sermon on the Mount and, uh, you know, there's a demonized man that's been set free and uh, he's been challenged by the accusations of religious leaders, and he responds, and then there's a woman in the crowd that can't help herself, and she says, blessed is the woman who bore you and nursed you, and that would have been a great time for Jesus to write his mother a Mother's Day card. But he says, more blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So, so my, my point is, it wasn't an end of obscurity and difficulty, being overlooked and being forgotten. Let it be was a prayer of surrender that shifted everything, but it touched her life. And it has profound and lasting imp implications. When it felt like rejection, when it felt like accusation, when it felt like another round of being taken for granted, let it be unto me. I submit, beloved, whether she spoke it out, out loud or not, she had to come back to that prayer. Okay? Because, you know, that Magnificat prayer, that song of Mary, 
He's remembered his mercy. Let it be. Now, this is where I believe my tradition. I grew up in a Reformed tradition. Those of you who had Catholic backgrounds were not far off from each other in this. We be just nothing but sinners. We ain't nothing ever going to be anything but. You guys understand? Is there an amen in the crowd anywhere? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, You're just a wretch. And I got reminded of it early and often. Well, this is, let it be unto me, something happened in Mary. And it's not just outside of her brain. It's inside of her body. And, and the prophet proclaims this in Isaiah, what is it, uh, 32, and then I believe, what is it, 35 and 36. I'm going to put something in you. And John, oh, interestingly, oh, wait, uh, yeah, Peter. Peter makes this proclamation. You've been born not of a perishable seed. That means the actual seed of God. But the imperishable seed of God. There's a new creation, Paul says, that's happened inside of you. It's the only thing that counts. Something's been birthed in you. And then John says, it is yet to be seen what you'll become. First John 3. Behold the love which the, the Father has loved you with, but it, it's yet to be seen what you're going to become. Something has happened in you, beloved. You're favored of God. Something is being born inside of me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory, who wills in me to to do and work his good pleasures. Beloved, I, I hope you've heard this, that I believe the prayer of Mary is our prayer of surrender. Let it be unto me. The prayer of surrender to the mystery of Christ in me. When it looks and it feels mundane, when it's painful, when it's difficult, let Christ be revealed in me today. You know, I, I pray this prayer nearly every day. It's the prayer of St. Patrick. I've given it a little bit of revision, but it, this is somewhat how I pray it. If you, It's easy to remember, so that's probably part of the reason I often pray it before I begin to pray for my list of individuals that I pray for. And it includes most of you all in this room, uh, name by name, but here we go. It goes like this. Christ Jesus, we acknowledge you. See, part of that, I sometimes have to remember. Oh, yeah, Christ, I'm acknowledging you. You're doing something. The new creation. Christ Jesus, above me. Higher than the vast expanse of the universe. Beyond the measure of mankind and my brain. Now, usually I word it that kind of way. Something like that. Revealing the measurelessness of your love and your mercy and your grace toward me. Christ beneath me, lower than the lowest depths in the darkest of places in my life, in the places of my, of my brokenness and my failure, revealing what he did in creation over the chaos and the darkness. You know, let it be, that word be, 
Uh, this is a sidebar from this prayer, okay? That word be comes from Genesis 1, over the chaos and the darkness. The Lord said, let there be light, something come into being that hadn't been there before. It's the very word that John refers to in John 1 when he said, anyone who believes on him, he gives them the right to be, become. Where am I at? Christ beneath me, revealing light, life, order, and beauty. Christ before me in what is seen, what I see and understand and what I discern. Christ behind me in what is not seen and what I do not see and what I do not discern. Christ to my right in my strength and my giftings that you have given. Christ to my left in my weaknesses where your power is perfected even in weakness. Christ all around me, filling all of the particles. And, and I begin to imagine, you know, this promise that God has made to Moses and, and uh, even through his son, Jesus Christ, that the glory of the Lord would cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. No empty places. It's all going to get covered with the revelation of God's good opinion. And Christ formed in me by faith. When it feels difficult, when it feels mundane, Christ revealed in my life. This isn't passivity in giving up, okay? This isn't throwing up your hands. Greetings, favored one. It's not an announcement to Mary, but it's an invitation to us. God's favor is on my life. Oh, let it be done unto me as you have said, because you remember mercy. You won't forget it. Even if a nursing mother forgets, you don't forget. When the night is cloudy and there's still a light that shines on me, shining till tomorrow, let it be. I wake up to the sound of music. Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom, whispering words of wisdom. Let it be. There really is something about Mary, but about you and about me. I'm not just the wretch, the sinner. There's something. God staked it all that today his goodness would be revealed through weak human vessels, through you and I. Greetings, favored one. God is with you. All generations will call me blessed. The Lord Almighty has done great things. The, the Mighty One has done a miracle for me. He can never forget to show mercy. Favor that reveals life-changing mercy isn't around you. It is, but it's in you, changing everything as we surrender to it. That's good news, isn't it? For nothing is impossible with God. The mercy that restores and that makes whole. We see the piles of rubble in other places around the world, and I see the piles of rubble in people's lives, and I don't know what to say. I'm not going to throw up my hands to passivity. That's easy to do. I just want to say, Lord, somehow mercy be revealed. Amen? Amen. Oh, I want to encourage us this morning. Uh, I know 
throughout the remainder of the day, you'll have that song as an earwig. Amen. But may it be a word of encouragement. But I want to encourage you to stand with me, and let's pray this closing prayer. And today, I chose the, uh, the Song of Mary. <clears throat> 